And hello, Recovery Fam, and welcome back to the Unashamed Recovery Podcast. I am one of your three lovely hosts, Josh. I'm your co-host, Drew. And I put the fun in dysfunctional. I'm Palmer. This is Season 4, Episode 47. Code Red, the truth about anger. Today's episode is, you guessed it, all about anger. Dang it! Not just anger, but real anger and how we can deal with it biblically before it consumes us. So, without further delay, roll, roll that, that intro. intro. The Shame Recovery Podcast. Unashamed Recovery Podcast with Josh and Drew starts now. Here at the Unashamed Recovery Podcast, we believe there is healing in the story of our scars and that it is okay to not be okay. It is our mission to break the shame and stigma of addiction and recovery by sharing real stories of real addiction from real people in real recovery and real sobriety. That's right. That's right. And when we're not sharing those real stories... We like to bring you recovery topics straight from a biblical perspective. Just like today's episode, taking a look at a familiar recovery topic and looking at it from another angle. So, what we're talking about today, guys? We're going to pull out the bag of tricks and we're going to talk about anger issues uh, and the fact that people still get angry even though they're clean. <laughs> so as uh, a member of you know north park celebrate recovery you know we always get to, to a point to where we're talking about like the things that we or we struggle with i don't want to say i struggle with it i, I want to say i'm challenged with it because that makes it easier for me to, to picture it in my mind to make it more motivational to have a drive to fix it because if i call it a challenge sometimes you get stuck there you know what I mean? When people look at a challenge, they just kind of get stuck right there looking at it. So if you call it, and I'm not a challenge, a struggle, you know, a struggle looks like something that you just cannot get over, period, point blank. A challenge looks like something that you can drive to get over. But anger, anger is a driving force in my life right now. And that's something that I'm taking a stand against. Something that I had to really look at uh, within myself over the past couple of weeks. Uh, is that's That's been it. Well, and also... I think it's important to start right there and to to kind of set this up because we all come into recovery with our surface level problem. For me, it was my porn and sex addiction. That's what brought me through the doors of recovery. Me too. And over the years of working, recovery kind of pulls back that surface level and it starts peeling back all those layers and you start seeing true problems that were underneath the surface level. Like the porn and the sex addiction was kind of just covering up the top. It was right. it was kind of tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And when you start, you know, when it's out of the way, you got all these other things that are still under there that are are still a problem and for most of us it's anger. For but a lot know, of people. You know, one of the the sayings I used to hear in the beginning, um, when, you know, back when I was doing my 90 meetings in 90 days, was the addiction, the use of, was basically a symptom of something that lied underneath. So there was a real problem. There was a real hurt. There was a real infection, so to speak, 
uh, that we were dealing with or that we were hiding that we were running from that we were in fear of but when you turn it around we were using to block it out that's how we were running you know yeah. whether it be we were using pornography we were using sex we were using drugs we were using alcohol um Food. pride yeah i mean all of it any of it you know but the one thing that i found myself using the most anger and it became part of the root problem and it's still part of the root problem i think there's a lot of people out there like me that didn't realize that anger could be a uh, something you needed a recovery for it could be a um addiction because well, I, di- I didn't know that you know until i met you guys until i uh, started going to celebrate recoveries leading worship had no idea i always thought about you know hurts habits and hang-ups being you know drugs and alcohol and sex i'd never once put two and two together with uh as far as anger goes and so I love the fact that Drew brought this up today and that, that we're going to talk about it because I, I think there's a lot of people out there that could be just like me that had no idea that they're addicted to anger and that this is something that we really, truly need to take captive our thoughts about. And when I say take captive our thoughts, I was just telling somebody about a completely different subject, but I was telling them that, look, you have to actually speak it out loud. Satan and his little minions cannot read your mind. They're not God. They're not omnipresent everywhere. They cannot read your mind. So you have to actually speak it out loud. No, I do not agree with that thought. I will not accept that thought. I will not accept this anger. Whatever the case may be, take it captive, speak it out loud, and stand on the promises of God. Mm. Yep. Uh, amen. All right. Well, thank you for listening to today's for episode. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you a question, Josh. Number one, what is your anger protecting? What insecurity is your anger protecting right now? Number two. What would be the impact of not changing it? Two really good questions. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm prepared to give an answer. I got you. So my my first answer, obviously, I said pride. That's what it's protecting. Right. What is the ramifications of not changing? Right. Ask your children. Because my oldest daughter will tell you that the most memories she has in her head about me are the bad ones. She remembers an angry father. They used to yell and scream and get mad at the drop of a dime. I've, I have said it a million times. I used to have a very, very short fuse. And if you lit that fuse, it wouldn't take very long for you to feel the explosion. California would fall off based on the tremors that I'm going to send through the atmosphere. And my oldest daughter remembers that. And that's the images. It's the memories that play the most in her head. Now, my middle daughter has... has uh, you know, she has the same memories. They're only nine months apart. She um, she lets go as far as, you know, today's a new day. Now, there are things that I will hold on to. I'm not saying that I never hold a grudge, but um, for the most part, Maddie is a lot like I am um, in the fact that she's just like, okay, yesterday was yesterday. Today's today. Let's move on. Eli has got to, that's my, my son. He's the youngest. He has got more memories of a dad that's not as angry. So I would say the ramifications of not changing, especially when you have children, are right there in the memories of your kids. And it becomes a generational curse. I had to break the generational curse of anger so that my kids aren't angry. My dad was angry. His dad was angry. His dad was angry. His stepdad was angry. Yell, scream, cuss, spank hard. You know, like my dad didn't spank hard, but I'm talking about before my dad. And my dad slowly started to change the generational curse. And so now I have, it was my job to kill it. Right. I needed that uh, because that's, that's where I'm going right now. So speaking on that, a couple years ago, 
we were doing a step study. And Drew, you may have been in this step study. I, I can't remember. But I know Stu was in it. And uh, I, no doubt in my mind that Stu would not have a problem with me sharing this. Stu is well outside of anonymity. And uh, I, me and him talk about this frequently. But Stu made a comment one night in step study about how his biggest fear was to discipline his kid while angry. Do you remember that? Yep. And that had to have been five years ago. That's when we first started. Yes. That was when we were first getting started out. And I still remember that. I still remember how he said it. I still remember word for word how he, you know, what he said. I still remember how I felt when he said it. I had the biggest conviction in my life when right. he said that. And so d- hard. Don't get me wrong. I still discipline my kids angry. And every single time I do it, I'm convicted and I feel like crap. I'm getting better. Right. I'm getting, I, I, I now understand why my dad and my mom would send me to my room mm. before they would discipline me. It wasn't for me. It was for them. It was for them. To have that peace of mind real quick. And I do not do that. I do not take advantage of that. And I should. Because I want to get to a place where I can get outside of disciplining them angry. My dad used to tell me that he, he spanked us three pops. Because if he didn't stop at three, he wouldn't stop. Especially with me. Because I was such a hard kid. You know, the the inner insecurities that my anger protects is the feeling of not being good enough, unworthiness, uh, some of the things that I've mentioned, standing at a mic in front of CR. But those very things are valuable to me sometimes, you know, so I try to hold those close. My boundaries are value, valuable to me yeah. uh, due to the lifestyle that I've lived. And I'm not talking about just addiction. I mean, as far as like going to jail and all that kind of stuff. So. And it's crazy. You get institutionalized boundaries that have stuck with you through rules right. uh, that you didn't even create for yourself. Yeah. That in itself is aggravating, you know. And so it's just you have to work through these things. But my biggest regret is the fact that years ago I never took the time to sit face to face with my anger and dissect it. I just kind of let it run wild. And so therefore now it's just unadulterated adult spilling over toxicity all over other people. And I don't think that's fair. So that's. My need for change is because I'm just about at the point to lose everything. When I say everything, that means house, family, my kids, and my stepkids, my wife. I mean, that's what I'm looking at losing. So, yes, I value fixing the issue with anger. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's going to be an everyday challenge. Just like my addiction is an everyday challenge. You know, there are going to be some times where, you know, you fall and bump your head. But, yeah, I mean, you got to get a rap on it because anger, yes, it's a natural emotion that's given from God. But at, at the same sense, we're allowed to make it perverted. You know what I'm saying? Not perverted yeah. in a sexual sense, but twist way, it. Yeah, we twist it up the way we go about it. You know, we're not. We don't use it responsibly. Speaking about it being a natural, anger, whether we believe it or not, is a normal human emotion and that is created by god so let me do this real quick what if anger isn't the problem it's the behavior that comes after okay I get because even god got angry yeah we can see in scripture exodus 32 7 where god gets angry at the calf the golden calf they had the golden calf and he was furious just like whenever jesus went into the temple and flipped the tables over yeah i mean it says jesus came in with anger and did that you know, this shows us that I love anger when y'all teach me something. is not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes it can be a righteous response to evil. But once again, That's what good. did I say before this? Yes. When we make it perverted, 
that's when it's wrong. Yeah, because, you know, of course, naturally, we live in a, a fallen world. And so we know that anger can and will lead to problems if it is not managed properly. And that's what happens to with us. own your crap when it comes to it. That's with all your emotions. You know, um, I used to go to AA and NA all the time. The biggest thing that they always used to say was intellect over emotion. Mm. Intellect over emotion. That means use your mind over your emotions. Don't let your emotions take away your ability to think, you know, and that's exactly what anger does. Anger gets in there and it embeds itself so deep. Palmer, you mentioned a movie not too long ago, Nefarious. And yes, as soon as you mentioned that, I went home, I rented it, I watched it. Perfect. I'm talking about how demonic possession happens. But what if when we start using our anger in such a way that is demonic, that we're allowing ourselves to be subjugated to possession at that point in time? Because how many times are you mindless? You're not even consciously thinking of anything when you're when you're when you're at the top of your peak. Yeah, because you're seeing red. You're not thinking clearly. Judgment is clouded. Okay, so when y'all finally go through Abiding Free, you will see that it's not possession. What she call it? She, I don't remember what she called it, but it, it, I mean, they do take, you have opened the door for that spirit to come inside you. Right. Yeah, because Paul's right here. Go back, listen to Jennifer Miller. Jennifer Miller, uh, Confrontation of Spirit. She talks about, because we as Christians cannot be possessed. We can't be possessed. Right. But she calls it something. I, I can't remember what she called it. It's um, but yeah, that's but that's what I, I want to not mean to correct you, Drew. But that's it's not a possession. It's uh, whatever whatever she calls it. But you have opened the door to your your thoughts, your mind, your body, your soul. Um, your spirit is washed clean when you give your life to Christ. So that spirit cannot take cannot do anything to your spirit. However, you have opened the door for them to come in and you know, whisper little nothings in your ear right. and, and try to control you the best that they can. And um, anger is a perfect way to for a spirit to control you. And I, th- I think that's why we can see in Ephesians where it tells us, be angry, but do not sin. Yep. So that right there tells us there's, a, there's two different types of anger. But there's a line. I mean, obviously, you know, I, th- I think there's a line with it. Kind of yeah. like... Uh, the Bible itself is a double-edged sword. Anger, same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it's a God-given trait that we have. Well, and this that I'm reading right here, it says that when we are pursuing a holy anger, it is for the sole purpose of when, we, when we're approached with something wrong, it motivates us to take action and to make things right. So it's, uh, it's almost like an anger that makes us get angry about evil to pursue Justice, justice and righteousness. Right. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, we're not supposed to judge our fellow Christians, but we are supposed to help them walk the right way. Right. If you see a fellow Christian doing something you know is against our Lord and Savior, it is your job to, in private, go to that person and try to, you know, gently remind them like this could be not re- of God. To restore that person. But I want to stress in private. When you go to confront your fellow Christian, you do not need to be airing that dirty laundry all over God's great country. But what does the Bible tell us also? When you do that, to be careful or you may also fall. Yeah. yeah. So how do we combat anger? Well, a good friend of mine named Drew said you have to be present in the moment. And that works in anger as well. I, I hate to keep quoting you on that, but <laughs> I mean, it is right. absolutely true. If you stay present 
in the moment, even when angry, and don't allow your emotions to take over, then you can truly combat that sin part of anger. You can discipline your children the right way, even in the moment of anger, if you're allowed to separate the emotion from the discipline. There's a complete difference from emotionally disciplining and disciplining because I'm trying to teach you something. Yes. Yes. And also on the same lines, what you're just talking about, you know, how many times in Silver Recovery do we talk about respond, don't react? Yep. Yeah. I think that's a key too, is getting in that position where you can respond. Right. Anger is a reaction. And on well, those same sinful well, action. Well, the rage, the, the rage, rage is the yeah. action. Is, is the reaction. And on that same line, mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and put this out there. I, I made a post, you know, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. I, in eight years of recovery, have started to make a shift into what I'm, I'm here for. And I saw this quote, and it impacted me so much that it has changed the way I'm dealing with anger. The quote is, no one makes you angry. You decide to use anger as a response. Yep. So, so with that being said, if I had the choice in using anger as my response, aka a, a, a reaction, then I have other choices to use as a response. So moving forward, I today will no longer make anger my choice. You know, like I was telling y'all before we came on air, I mean, look, I've spent the last couple of days hurt because of a personal situation and it made me angry. You know, the hurt made me angry. Um, I'm not saying I screamed and yelled because I never did, but maybe I said some things that I shouldn't have said. Maybe I expressed my hurt the wrong way. Been there and did that. You know, <laughs> so um, there was definitely better ways that I could have handled it. I know for sure I didn't handle it perfect. I do know that for sure I handled it a lot different than I would have five years ago. And I think that is the point right there. God never asked us to be perfect. He just wants us to be a little bit better today than we were yesterday. And so when it comes to anger, he just wants you to be a little bit better today than you were yesterday. But if you fall short and you're worse today than you were yesterday, blessings are new every morning. That's his promise to you. And he's never broke a promise. So, Drew, you brought up the fact that because of your anger, um, if you don't get it under control, you're in the process to where you could literally lose it all. Wife, kids, stepkids, house. I mean, you could lose everything that you love. So let me, because I want to make a point. I already know the answer to this question, but because I want to make a point real quick, let me ask. In that anger, was there in, ever any physical uh, abuse or whatever you want to call it? Was there anything physically that happened that could cause you to lose everything? It wasn't physical abuse, uh, but it was the act of... Um, right, the yelling and the scream, but never, no, never, uh, you know, or holding a grudge or whatever, but never anything physical. And the reason I ask is I want to make a point real quick. Yeah, go ahead. So, as you heard, he said there was never anything physically. I want everyone to listening to realize that you can lose everything based on your anger issues without ever throwing a punch, without ever grabbing a hold, without ever being physical to that person you love. You could still lose absolutely everything. But why is that, Palmer? Because it's just as bad. Emotional distress can be just as bad as physical distress. Do we understand why women feel like they're in emotional distress 95% of the time more than men do? I think I kind of 
have an answer to that, but I'd love to hear yours. So basically, women spend 95% of their life in fear. That's how they, you know, um, once they... We're going to need you to quote that statistic, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. We're going to get hate mail after that one. Well, I mean, I'm not saying like just an unequivocal shaking in your boots type of fear. Yeah. They have to worry about, is a man going to come up behind me in the parking lot? Is somebody going to protect me whenever I go to my job? Is somebody going to be there for me whenever I go home? Is is there going to be anybody at my house? You know, they got to worry about all these details, you know, and then when we become the monster, you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, yeah, everything that we do looks like it's going to be volatile. It's going to be something that's going to become physical. So therefore, yes, they're going to fear that they're going to take off. Yeah, when, they, when a woman decides to be emotionally open with you, she's expecting you to protect her in every kind of way. Yep. I think guys get the bad rap, too, that um, we, we kind of feel the same way. We don't expect the protection, so to speak, but we still there are still things that we desire. Like we want to be we want to know that we're loved. We want to know that we're desired. And a woman does, too. But she also needs to know that she's protected. I teach my girls that even well, my son, too. But I teach definitely teach my girls that. Look, a man should be walking in the middle of the road when, you know, and you next to the cars that are in the parking lot. Why? Because if a car comes speeding down that uh, parking lot, he takes the hit. That's our job. It's my job to protect you. It's your boyfriend's job to protect you. It's your husband's job to protect you. A man should be like opening the door for you. You know, I'm trying to teach these girls what they should expect, not only from a godly man, but just from just from a man. This is what I'm trying to teach the boys at this point, because this is something that I've wised up to. When we're talking about providing, you could protect, be hold on, you could be 50, 60, 70 years old and still be a, mentally a boy. Yep. So we're not trying to diss anybody or anything. We're just saying until you hit that next maturity level, you are still a boy. I don't care how old you are. In fact, boys don't fully mature until they're 30 years old mentally. <laughs> I'll have to find that statistic for you, but I, that's something I read, too. I fully agree from my past. Sorry, go ahead. Te- teach us. Well, I mean, I just, you know, I, I just want to kind of dig into that a little bit. When we're talking about provide and protect, we always just think provide means putting food on the table, providing shelter, and that's it. You know, and protecting means, hey, if somebody breaks in this house, I'm, I'm just going to I'm gonna handle it. You know what I mean? Well, Here's the thing that, that we, we're not really digging into when it comes to husband-wife situations and anger and all that kind of stuff there. And that's what I've been kind of stuck in that rut is the fact that as men we're supposed to protect their heart their feelings you know we're supposed to protect their mindset we're supposed to protect their ego Mm -hmm. we're supposed to protect every ounce of them their essence i think we fail there as men as husbands i know i have and when we're talking about provide are we providing a space for growth for our wife or or our families are we providing are we providing a space that they feel protected in. Yeah, I hate I'll, to use the, the word safe space as, as we've used here before because it's because it's being thrown a lot around in such a, a bad way. But it's exactly true. It's, it's our job to provide that safe space where they can feel emotionally open and can tell us, hey, this I don't like this. This hurt me. And look, we're all going to fall short. We're all going to have bad days and it's and it's it's all going to go to hell quickly sometimes. But. Um, it is still our job as the head of the household, and we could do a whole, we should, we should do a whole episode of head of the household. But you can't be the head of the household dealing with anger the way that some people have been dealing with it. Right. 
And that doesn't I. mean e. some people being me. And the head, the head, me too. The head of the household doesn't mean that you get to make all the decisions and she has to live with it is what I was trying to say. But as right. the head of the household, it is your job to protect her emotions. Now, let me just ask this question. Mm-hmm. This is Unashamed Recovery Podcast. Right. Right now, we're three fathers. We're three husbands. And we're talking about family. What happens when you give into that anger when it comes to your recovery? Like, how many times do we know, how, how many people do we know that got really angry and really hurt and, and decided backslid. to act on that and backslid because they were angry? You know what? I I'm did. really mad. Me. I'm, I'm going to go watch that porn. Or I'm really yeah. mad. It's called revenge use. Right. I'm really mad. I'm going to go drink that drink. God forbid I'm really mad. I'm going to go hit that that bump of cocaine or whatever right so how do how do we combat that um basically people have to start being responsible for the things that trigger them and it's not everybody else's responsibility Mm. like if josh was to put you know make me mad right now you know pick a fight whatever it's it's my responsibility how i take a stance against that i can either shout back with him or i can actually take a second pause let the situation kind of calm subside for me it doesn't even have to be about him subsiding and calming down it's about me allowing myself to find a space that i can be calm in you know and then understand that i have to own my part of this whatever's upset him and then move forward that's so powerful i love that both y'all are driving home the fact that it's on you yeah it's not your your it's how you respond how you react it's on you it's not on anybody else so it's your what, responsibility. What, what's interesting about that is I went to Celebrate Recovery's website. It was looking at anger, <clears throat> and it said uh, characteristics of somebody who in recovery for anger issues may include, but not limited to. The very first answer, we have accepted Jesus Christ as our higher power. All right? The fifth one in that list, we are learning to take more personal responsibility for our actions and emotions. Amen. And you know what follows that one? The number six on the list, we are learning to take a pause before reacting. I mean, there it is. I mean, that's I have you know to, what's so crazy is I hadn't even looked that over, but in my my list of things no. to my notes, my show notes here, uh, one of the last things before own your stuff is take a break. You have to take a break, man. You got to pause. If you don't pause in the middle of it, it's it, that's what subcom. That's what you succumb to is, is at yeah. that point you let rage overtake. And how do we prevent rage from taking over, Palmer? Do you know? Nope. We deal with our anger quickly. Face it. The faster that we can deal with our anger, the faster. It resides. You know what I'm, I'm a glutton to do most of the time? Stewing it. Um, it's not even stewing in it. It's me trying to run from it and it still catches me. Uh, mm-hmm. I stew in mine. I like like I'll literally mine. go outside. I'll go play drums. I'll go silent and it'll still catch me. Even though I'm pausing, yeah. it's because I'm not really trying to face it. I'm still running from it until I turn around and say, hey, look. I can't. Not with you today. Yeah. A friend well, of mine told me that him and his when him and his wife uh, get in arguments and whatnot, they'll go into a different room from each other, and each one of them will actually pray to God and say, "If I'm wrong, show me. Show me right now. Tell me. If she's wrong, tell her." And nine times, he said, nine times out of ten, for them, it works. God will let them know, and that little, that still small voice, let them know, like, "Hey, this is on you." But sometimes these fights, though, aren't about. You know, right and wrong. It's just about being heard. No, you I know. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But that's but that's all, that's also what I'm talking about. Like, it, it's still a right and a wrong because that person is quote unquote wrong by the way whatever they did to hurt you. 
But now it's not tech. It couldn't. It could be not technically wrong, but it's still because it hurt you. It is. It is wrong. I, I don't know I, any other way to explain that. So with me, with my anger, I, and I think we have to look at the source of our anger on this because with me, my kids are the source of my anger. Uh, it's not just your kids. But, but I mean, how are you handling but, that but, trigger, but, though? But that's what I'm saying. Like, there is no right or wrong in that situation. Me praying, well, who's right or who's wrong doesn't help me in my situation because the my, my, my kids. But what's your focus? Whenever they're making you mad, what's your focus? Rage. What they're doing, doing to upset you. It's, my it's, it's more so of my impatience in the situation. But that know. is definitely something we should at least touch on quickly is, is about, I think, our three situation, impatience is is a big trigger so here's here's something i've been practicing uh and this is it hasn't been long it's something i just started practicing about five make, minutes before he showed up make no effort <laughs> you see <laughs> no no it wasn't five minutes Kristen's over there shaking her head yes <laughs> but I, basically his, his wife is in the room and he's like she's like oh you've been you you're you're putting something into practice really it's the first i've heard of this she's lying she knows that <laughs> so basically it's make no effort to end what's upsetting you what does that mean don't try to end it whatever's making you mad oh uh, face if, it if you're gonna try to end it it's like say and josh i mean i'm, I'm use your kids on this one if kenley's over there banging against the wall drawing on the wall doing something it's fussing and screaming at the top of your lungs going to fix it at that point. Here's the here's the thing. <laughs> so with Kenley, no, but with Sadie Grace, that middle kid, that that no, that that nonstop man. I mean, I think real quick, we, you you're trying to point out the fact that people need to understand that you cannot parent each kid the same exact. Yes. Oh no, you, you cannot. Not. And when you have a no limit soldier in the house, <laughs> that's that middle kid. For all like of you Senate young race. listeners out there, no limit is a rap group from New Orleans back in the early two thousands. Sadie scares me though. I mean, I mean, Sadie Grace, she's about to turn five, and when she wakes up in the morning, she chooses violence every day. Like I mean, and all she understands, and the only thing that gets her attention is going to that place. That's what gets her attention. That's what gets her to stop. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, she doesn't... Like, nothing <laughs> else works on that kid. You have to display dominance. I'm going to have yeah, to I, give my wife some kudos on I, this one. Because there's to, times I've watched her interact with Sadie Grace. And this is the thing I've noticed that she does. And she does it even with our boys at home. When they get upset or when they're... She practices love. Flat out. That's it. And it's something that I've not ever been able to do. Because okay. I've always been control, 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 control the issue. But I can't control the issue if the issue is making me lose control. Whew. Man, I like that. I also want to know, does she do the same with you? Yeah, she actually does. Uh, but I'm a little more hard-headed. I'm really, really set in my ways on some things, and that's what I'm trying to break. I well, love I love the honesty there. Because most of us men would have been like, no, she does not practice that same thing with, oh, with she me. Absolutely it's all, it's all her fault. It's none of my fault. And that that is definitely what we are oh, wanting. No, no, that no. is definitely Most, what we're 90, wanting to steer away from. Here we go with my ninety five percent status again. Uh, <laughs> majority of the time, it is me because I I'm very unwilling to be forgiven or let something go. Ladies or, and, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it for the first time ever on the Unashamed Curry Podcast. <laughs> a man. man has admitted that it is him one hundred percent of the time. It's his fault. Well, that's because I won't let myself experience what's really happening in front of my face. I don't. I'm not present. 
you know, and so that leads to mindlessness. That leads to unconscious behavior. Yeah. Unconscious behavior means you're going to go back to your default system. My default system relies on anger because that's always been my protection. That's been my mask. That's been the thing that I've worn that's kept people away from me that I didn't want around me. That's been my boundary setter. But at some point, I've got to stop letting it rule the roost. Well, and, you know, for a lot of us, I think a lot of us can really uh, sympathize with you on there because a lot of us use anger as a um, as a misdirection. Yeah. And, you know, we, we kind of develop, you know, we, we kind of I use like it as a, as, as a mask. Yep. And if you, if, you tr- if you trace it back a lot, you can trace it back a lot of time. It's a mask for our fear. Yep. That's what, I mean, all in all, when we're angry, it's either something's been taken from us, we feel disrespected. Yes. Or we fear all these things happening. Yes. Or we feel that we're not good enough. Celebrate Recovery has a really good little sentence here on it. It says, an intent to preserve our personal worth, essential needs, or basic convictions. But how do we become responsible for our anger there? Well, that's what we're going to find out after we come back from this break. We're going to take a real quick break. Let's, uh, before our sponsors get angry with us. Uh, Y'all stick around because when we come back, we're going to answer those questions. Unashamed Recovery Podcast is heard around the world in over 42 countries, including over 780 cities in all 50 states here in the United States. People around the world are hearing the message of the hope of recovery from addiction, and that's because of listeners like you who donate, but also because of our sponsors. Local sponsors like D's Automotive in Meridian, Mississippi, serving the East Central Mississippi and West Alabama areas for over 42 years. D's is a name you can trust when it comes to your vehicle. For all your complete car care needs and service and towing and car locks, that's D's Automotive. Go by and see Miss Jeannie, Mike, and the boys at 5024 Poplar Springs Drive. That's 5024 Poplar Springs Drive in Meridian. Or give them a call at 601-482-1800. That's 601-482-1800. And tell them that Josh and Drew sent you. The Unashamed Recovery Podcast is also sponsored by Ended for Good. Ended for Good is a Mississippi-based nonprofit that works on advocacy and education around drug policy in Mississippi. Ended for Good works to help communities understand how health-centered approaches to addiction can help local communities become safer and keep more families thriving. If you're interested in learning more about harm reduction, you can check out Ended for Good on all social media or on their website at enditforgood.com. That's Ended for good.com. Unashamed Recovery is also sponsored internationally by Sober Life Love, a sober dating site made for the sober community. Are you tired of the dating scene revolving around alcohol and drugs? Do you want to find someone who shares your commitment to a sober lifestyle? Look no further than Sober Life Dot love. The Sober Life Love platform is specifically designed for individuals who are sober and seeking a partner who shares in their same values. Whether you're in recovery, prefer not to drink, or simply choose to live a sober lifestyle, 
We provide a safe and supportive community for you to connect with like-minded individuals. With our advanced matching algorithms, you can find compatible partners who understand your journey and respect your choices. From sober activities to meaningful conversations, our dating services offers a variety of ways to connect and build relationships. Soberlife.love is the new way to connect with people who understand and support your journey. Join today for free at www.soberlife.love. That's www.soberlife.love. Now back to your normally scheduled programming right here on Unashamed Recovery Podcast. And we're back. Drew, right before we left to pay the bills, you had asked a very important question. But because I have ADHD, undiagnosed. <laughs> it's diagnosed. Mine's definitely not. I'm going to need you to re-ask that question. So what was that question again for the listeners that are like me that heard the ad, heard the spot, and they're like, wait, what were we talking about again? I was asking, how do we become responsible for our anger? For me, <laughs> I think it's going to go back to two things. I think it's going to be going back to... I gotta treat it as a response, not a reaction. I've got to, you know, just make that conscious decision. I'm not going to use anger as my uh, reaction. And then I think it also will go back to setting some hard boundaries. Like when I came into recovery and got serious about my porn addiction, I had to set hard boundaries. And I would imagine it's going to be the same for this. I'm about to blow your mind. I, I'm ready. So basically, to be responsible, you have to take ownership for your emotional state. That's one. But also, you have to take responsibility for your emotional triggers. You have to be someone that you or develop yourself into someone by really digging into yourself on this, just like you did with recovery, just like you're doing with your addiction. You, you know, everybody dug in real tough with that, but we have to dig in with these other issues as well. You have to dig into your emotional triggers. You have to develop yourself into someone who has a say in what they're triggered in. You've got to become somebody who has a say in what your life looks like. You change how you respond, but you don't change how you feel. You feel the emotion. You take the time to experience the emotion, but you don't hold on to it. That's how you start to shift how you feel. You acknowledge it, you interrupt it, and then you step into something new. You find a boundary to keep yourself in, not everybody out. I like that. You have to find a way to keep yourself in. Because not, not this doesn't mean to be fake or unauthentic, but it yes. means to take a second and keep the boundary of anger inside you. Not saying you're suppressing it, not saying you're not trying to experience the emotion. You're feeling it and then you're giving it away. Yeah, because I think right there, what you're what, what you just said is key, because when we're drawing that boundary for anger, I think it's tempting to keep people out. Yeah, I, I think we, we, we see that as a easy way. Keep them out. Here's my line. You're not crossing it. But guess what you lose there? Yes. Connection. Well, I was going to say that I think in situations like this, uh, talking about anger, what I don't want, and I know that's what you're, you're trying to say as well. What we don't want is we don't want you to feel like you can't feel. You need to feel those feelings. That's okay. So that's another thing I do need to touch on. Yes. Feelings. That's important that we feel them. We've spent so much time getting numb from feelings. 
Right. Like we and talked about hit, Jesus we, flipping flipping tables. Right. He he felt angry. Right. But did he anger. hold on to it? No. He felt it. Did what he felt needed needed to in be done. that moment, and then the next moment he was preaching another sermon. Right. You know, I mean, but all the same though, it did the anger didn't become him, and that's my issue. I'm gonna say that out loud. I'm gonna hold myself responsible. My issue is I let anger become who I am. That it becomes my identity for months, days, an hour or so. However long that I feel like I've been triggered by anger, I let that become me. Well, we've yeah. talked about how you have a grudge problem anyway, and True. so that's I mean, that's all part of that's all part of anger. The fact that you're willing to admit that you hold a grudge and whatnot, and know that you need to work on it, man. That's that's I don't know about CR, but that's step one for me. You know, now I wrote something down to myself, and I was I asked myself why am I allowing myself to be held back by anger? Is because I've never learned how to properly own it, feel it, and give it away. Never learned how. Well, I can't wait for you to go through abiding free because she's going to address all that. Right. And um, I'm not saying that you can't open that door again and let the spirit of anger back in, but she's going to get rid of it that night when y'all do your session. And you will be surprised how freeing you truly feel when somebody who knows their authority tells spirits that have a hold of you to go get in the box. And you'll understand once you take the, the, the class, what go get the box means. But it's just absolute. When you can learn to, whether you go to Abiding Free or whoever you need to talk to, or you just learn how to do it yourself, you, when you learn to get rid of those spirits that are, that are holding on to you and helping you make bad decisions, because make no mistake about it, spirits do not control you. They can help you. It's a swaying. Yeah, they can uh, sway you, but they cannot control you. They're there helping, helping you make bad decisions and reacting instead of responding. And holding a grudge is definitely a response. And I've been known to do it. Um, I'm, I know that you have, Drew. And, yep. you know, I'm sure you have, Josh. And, and it's especially with men. Like when we feel hurt or attacked, we're going to hold on to it. That's just. But what, I, do you I, hold, what, do you, what are you denying yourself when you hold on to that? I would say happiness and joy. Well, in the uh, words of William Wallace, freedom! <laughs> Definitely freedom. But seriously, you're denying yourself your true self. You're denying yourself of love at that point in time. And you're suppressing your balance. And going back to what we were just talking about, how we can get out of that is we have to deal with that anger quickly. We have to get it out of the way as soon as it comes in. And how do we do that? Face it. Well, we can look at Ephesians 4.26. In your anger, do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger. Saying, don't go to bed angry. Deal with it before you go and you, you, you sleep on it and spend another day in it. Knock that anger out as quick as it comes in. And that's something like I was talking about earlier, but I think I was talking about before the break. I like to stay in my anger. Like I, I, I get comfortable in it. I, I get comfortable in the chaos of it. Yes, and and I don't want to admit that I'm wrong about my anger. So yeah, that's big for me. I've definitely for men. We don't want to. We don't want to admit we're wrong. Yeah. it's a it's a pride thing. I that's could what, know that I was wrong and be blue in the face knowing I was wrong and still and fighting. Still fighting. Right. Yep. I will say uh, what you can't do when you get angry in a relationship, a marriage, is leave and not address it for a week or two weeks or whatever the case may be. I'm not pointing any fingers to anybody, but I'm just saying that's something that you can't do. So like I said, when you are angry and you're having a, a fight with anybody, doesn't matter who it is, 
the worst thing you can do, in my opinion, like we just said, is to completely walk away from that situation and stew on it. Now, with that being said, if you don't feel safe enough in the environment, like physically safe or emotionally safe in that environment, you might need to get away. But that doesn't mean that you 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 stop trying to address it like you may need to physically get away take a couple hours or whatever but eventually you probably need to get on the phone with that person and try to work through it because that's the worst thing that can happen when you start to walk away and stew that's when the, the spirit of anger the spirit of hurt and all of those spirits come whispering in your ear and they will start saying every little thing to make this thing continue to go yeah yeah he's he's wrong you know he's wrong she's wrong you know she's wrong. She did this on purpose. He did this on purpose. He doesn't love you. He doesn't care about you. And that leads to divorce, a breakup, relapse. And sin. And sin. Lots of sin. Yep. On both sides. Because now you're both apart on whoever hurt you. And who, whatever whatever made you angry. It doesn't even have to be a who. But whatever made you you angry, you're apart from it. And those spirits are just whispering just getting in your ear and they they this is what they want he came to steal kill and destroy steal kill and destroy and the first thing he wants especially in married people christian married people the first thing he wants to destroy is that marriage because now it's two against one you two have come together as christians and decided we're going to fight this battle together and he hates it and his little minions hate it and so you can't you cannot stew on it you can get to a safe spot and address it from a distance, but don't stew on it. Even if you have to, I will say this, even if you feel like you need to walk away from the situation and get away for however long you need to get away, that's between you and God. But don't stew on it during that, that break. Instead, lean into the Father. Give it to God. Say, God, I am so angry. I had to leave. I don't feel safe, but I'm giving this anger to you. And as soon as you tell me it's okay to talk about this, I'm going to talk about it. Well, also, and I think on the flip side of that whole conversation, talk about leaving, the other person, if you're on the receiving end of anger and don't feel safe, you need to leave. Right. Don't stay there. And then as soon as you have the chance, you need to, to make communication with that person because you don't need to leave it unaddressed because your silence can be misconstrued as you condoning that kind of behavior mm. that's just that, that's a safety tip for all those people out there who may be in that kind of relationship where unhealthy anger is being expressed that puts you into a critical position where you could get hurt yeah i feel that if you don't feel safe enough to be in that environment or even speak to that per that person i would say um if it's a person that hurt you i would say at the very least you know we text a lot at the very least, send them a text. I'm hurt. I'm angry. You know, if it's, if it's your spouse, I'm hurt. I'm angry. I love you, but I've got to give this to God and I've got to, I've got to have time. Like I said, you don't want to stew on it during that time, but the more you can give it to God, the better. Honestly, you know, our last night's devotion with, with the family was about thank you. And, you know, he talked about, I'm, I'm still in Kelly Kay's devotion. Uh, think about that for a minute. And he talked about saying thank you for the things that you didn't get, that you asked God for and didn't get. In I, thought, this, I thought you were going to go the other route of thank you like you're, you're never mind. I, I thought you were going the route of the giving grace song. Oh, we can definitely. We'll put, we'll put the giving grace song thank you at the end of this episode. 
It's a great song. Check it out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Um, but no, our devotion last night was about thank you and saying thank you to God, even for the things that he didn't give you, will bring you closer to him and bring you into his presence. The more thankful you are to the Father brings you into his presence. You'd be so surprised in the middle of that fight with your spouse or the middle of that fight with your friend or the the middle of that um, I'm angry because of this work situation. In the middle of all of that, just stopping and saying, God, thank you for what you've done and thank you for the things that you didn't give me because you knew I didn't need it. That's right. And thank you for allowing me to even have a spouse, to have a job, to have a friend. Well, Drew, I know you have a lot of notes. Do do you have anything else that you're wanting to make mention of and to to put out there on this episode? Yeah. um, For those of y'all that are are sitting in the midst of an, an angry situation that is just brooding inside of you right now, just stop. Stop. Stop what you're thinking about. Focus, fix your focus on something else. Spend one hour a day starting to do what you love to do. If you don't know what that is, find something different to do. To embrace being different for a minute. But hey, man, try something new. If you are sitting there depressed or angry about something, change one thing in your life. Like yep. if, if if all you ever do is sit at the house because you're broke, change something. Go, go to the outside. park. Just go outside. Go to the <laughs> go pool. Outside. If you have like a gym membership that has a pool, go to the pool. Go go do something. Change something. But and don't please, go result back to your yeah. self-destructive behavior that led you to recovery. Don't said, do that. I said change. I didn't <laughs> say revert. Don't, don't I go said back. change. I mean... My question today is is more of a challenge to everybody. Are you up to the creative challenge to fix your issues? Are you up for that challenge? It's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a creative one. It's not going to be the run of the mill same thing that you've always done to get by. It ain't going to be just words. It's got to be action. It's got to be. Yeah. You know, I didn't say this life would be easy. You know, and um, the one thing that I want to leave everybody with is, and this is, you know, on my end, is live with an open heart. Stop living with it closed off. Even though if, if it's been hurt and you're dealing with some pain, it's better to live with a hurting heart rather than a closed one. Live with an open heart. Be conscious to your decision about anger. I mean, that's just, that's the only, you have to own it. So you have to be conscious to what you're owning. I think we have to treat anger like any other hurt habit or hang up that we're dealing with in recovery. If I have a relapse tonight in my porn addiction. Tomorrow is day one. Now, does that mean that these past six years have been for nothing? Absolutely not. Yeah, every bit of the journey, get, every I'm, bit of the journey that I've traveled for these last six years, I would still pick myself up and I would still continue on because everything that I have learned and worked through in these last is still, yeah, they're still there. Like it is not a wasted trip. I'm not turning around and going back home to come back. I'm picking up where I'm at and I'm still continuing on. But today is a new day. It's day one. I have to have the same level of accountability with my anger as I'm going to give to my porn addiction, to my sex addiction, to my codependency, to my pride. It still has to have the same level of care and attentiveness. Or if it doesn't, then I'm going to treat it as a trivial thing in my life that is not on the same level of importance as the other. Recovery 
has to come first so that everything I love does not come second. We're, we're CR people, means we're faith-based. And because we have that faith, we know that Jesus is going to get us through it. Yep. Every 24 hours. And that there's grace no matter what we do. That's right. That is right. Well, I think that is a fantastic place to wrap this up. Um, I know we didn't get to cover everything that we wanted to cover. And if this episode went for three hours, we still would not get to cover everything we wanted to cover. There's so much. Yeah. I want to add this in. You know, sometimes when we're angry, we feel that, you know, it's a, it's a deep hurt to us. We Sometimes we may feel like we're not okay. And I just here's a reminder. When you're feeling like you're not okay, I want you to know that God is still good. And God is good even... If your heart hurts, even if your whole world seems to be breaking, even if you are in the middle of some unrighteous anger, God is still good. God's good goodness does not depend on your situation. And you can continue trusting him despite your circumstances, even in the middle of some of the worst anger. He is still good, even when life is not. Take that with you this week next week for the rest of this year we're we're wrapping up 2023 baby we're in the we're in that last home stretch in august recovery fam thank you for tuning in to today's episode of unashamed recovery podcast i hope you have found it as helpful as i have because i have taken several notes and i will be taking this with me this week and the next and into the next month and i'll be using that to apply it to my own recovery And I hope you have found it as equally helpful and encouraging. Want more recovery content? Visit our brand new website, unashamedrecovery.com, for more recovery content, as well as our new sobriety and recovery-themed blogs that take you deeper into your sobriety and recovery journeys. And that's where you'll find the links to all of our social media. There you can even donate to the show to help us reach more people still lost in darkness of addiction. That's right, Drew. Also, check out more amazing recovery podcasts over at Take 12 Recovery Radio, Recovery Podcast Network. That link is in the show notes as well as under our partners page on the new website. That's all for this episode. Remember to stay sober and above all else to keep 12th stepping as you stay unashamed. We love y'all.